Hello, folks. Welcome back to the RLS podcast. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks now, but we are uh, we're back eventually. My throat called off last week, but this week we have got um, a guy that I've heard about him for a couple of years and was really interested in getting a conversation with him. He's got a hell of a lot of experience in the industry, um, and yeah, I really wanted to get on get him on to just kind of speak a little bit about coaching, speak a little bit about some of the things that he's done in the past. I mean, if I'm going to create a little hook for the podcast right now, Dan um, did something that was called a Deca Ironman. Now, you could imagine what that is. It sounds a bit mad, and I really want to talk to him about it um, and all the other kind of things that he's done. Um, I think it'll be quite an interesting chat. So, um, Dan, thank you for coming on. Good to have you. Pleasure, mate. No, I'm excited to get chatting and get going. Quality. So, mate, I think the, the first place to start would be like a little bit of background. Like, how did you get into the industry? Like, where did it begin? Uh, always played sport. So we, we chatted just before we came on and said about playing football from a young age. And I've always been uh, like a pretty good athlete. I think I'm quite a good natural athlete, as in I threw, I, my, my parents threw me into swimming pools and we'd always try and play tennis and like rugby everything really but football was my main sort of passion and then uh off the back of that I, I did give it a chance I didn't do a YTS but uh I turned it down to stay at school and do my A-levels instead uh maybe the one one regret I have I probably should have just gone for it but hey it's, it is what it is uh got my education and then decided before going to university to have a year out and I was a professional for a year uh so obviously always being involved in sport and then Realising that it wasn't all it cut out to be. I probably wasn't as good as I thought I was. Uh, and ended up, after a year, just going to university. So I went did a sports science degree at university. Uh, and from the back of that, whilst I was doing that degree, I actually got a part-time uh, job in a gym. Like, just to sort of, like, I was still playing semi-professional football, still earning a bit of money there. But sort of, like, to keep me going, I got a job in a gym as well, just doing sort of part-time hours. And then from that... <laughs> Didn't think it was going to be a career, but like 20, almost 23 years later now, I was still seem to be doing it. So, uh, yeah, like uh, haven't looked back since, really. No, quality. Mate. Um, so like along the years, like where where had you played your football and where did where did you study at university? So I played at Colchester. So I was a okay. uh, Colchester originally. Then the, Colchester dropped out of the Football League and Norwich took over their academy so I started training with was then with Norwich who then at the time were in this sort of like the early 90s were a Premier League side they're actually the top of the Premier League like battling against Bayern Munich and Inter Milan the European Cup so we had a great youth team we had the likes of Rob Green, Craig Bellamy who are in my youth team so we had a really really good uh good youth team and I played with Norwich up until uh 18 or 17 didn't get offered a pro contract there so as I said like then actually re-signed with Colchester again for, for that one year as a pro. And yeah, that was, that was me. And then, like I said, I went to university, University of Surrey. Uh, that's where I studied sports science and business studies. Uh, and yeah, I was based in sort of like Southwest London. And that was where I sort of like, like did most of my work actually in central London in Kensington. So okay. quite affluent area, very different clientele all the time could be, I mean, anything from literally celebrities and royalty all the way to sort of like normal, your normal everyday people who are just sort of, sort of your nurses and doctors, et cetera. So, yeah, very, very eclectic mix of uh, clients initially. Cool. No, I was I was trying to guess there as you were speaking as well. And this is a fun activity I like to do is try and guess the, the guy's position that he played on the football park. And 
I've always, I actually think you could have been a centre forward. I think you could have been a goal scorer. <laughs> Mate, I wish other end, other end. I was actually a. Well, it's it's funny actually, and like it goes along with like my whole sort of background. I played centre back, centre back, or centre midfield uh, for both for both Norwich and Colchester. That was main my main sort of things. But I actually played for the county and for the district and for the county as a left winger. Like I'm oh, right, okay. I'm right footed as well. But I actually played as a left winger. But it sort of goes along with my whole sort of rebel nature and like basically taking on anything and everything was that I could be playing for Essex against Norfolk on a Saturday where I'm playing against some of the guys I'm going to play with the next day. And I'm playing left wing against the right back who's then playing next to me as a centre-back the next day, like against Leeds or against sort of like Arsenal or whatever. So it was it was quite a funny one, but it's just the way I've always been. Like I like to, like, like you like to talk about different challenges different positions I don't see myself as one thing I'm, I'm a generalist I like doing everything and playing everywhere and taking on every challenge basically no I love that it's a similar thing to me as well I started off as a goalkeeper I went right up the park and then came all the way back again to and a half so, uh, <laughs> there you go there you go obviously couldn't score goals um <laughs> but yeah like moving on from that like I know going onto your website doing a little bit of research on your background there's like quite a list of different things you have tackled over the years. Um, but in the first place, like what got you into, I mean, running, swimming, Ironman, triathlon, like where did that first start? Well, I'd, I'd always swam. I always swam when I was a kid and I actually had the opportunity. I had to, I got, I got told by my, my, by my teacher very young saying like, look, you need to make a choice whether it's going to be, you're going to like go full on your swimming or you're going to like do your other sports. And it was, well, I like football. There's no chance. There's not even a com- there's not even a competition here. There's not even a conversation. I'm, I'll give swimming up and I'll go and do that. But I, I was a good swimmer, so that was always in the background there. But the actual reasoning behind getting into uh, doing the Ironmans and stuff was unfortunately like it, these things always come from somewhere sort of like tragedy. Sometimes uh, my my younger brother unfortunately passed away from leukemia. So uh, a, the sort of the year before, my dad had done a chat big charity event. And the year after it sort of came, I felt as if it was my opportunity to do something and basically just went online. And like this, obviously, this is the early 2000s, sort of mid 2000s, and just tried to find the biggest thing that I could find that uh, in terms of an endurance sort of like a thing that I thought I could raise enough awareness and raise as much money as possible. And a Decker Ironman came up and then the, the sort of the, it was born. Uh, and then it was a case of, right, let's just, let's build up. And the, the naivety pretty much carried me through most of it. Uh, but then after that, after definitely after finishing, there's, it pretty much opens my eyes up to what the human body and human mind are capable of. And really from there, in terms of challenges, I've never looked back. I don't, I don't honestly think that anything is impossible if you put your mind to it. Like you, you can pretty much achieve with the right programming, the right mindset, like anything is pretty much, is, anything's pretty much possible. Oh, that's incredible, mate. Um, and for someone that doesn't understand, what is a DECA Ironman? So it is 10 times the distance of a normal Ironman. So it's a 24-mile swim, 1,120-mile cycle, and 262-mile run. So 10 marathons to finish off with if you if you haven't already done enough. And the time when, the time when I did it, there was only one person in the UK who had ever done it before. So I was number two. And... Uh, in the world, there'd been more people gone into space than had done a Decker Ironman. So 
like this is long before like ultra endurance events became sort of sexy and yeah. uh, like people take on these things not, not maybe not decker ironmans but they do that like ultra runs and ultra sort of like iron ironmans etc they're a lot more sort of like common these days whereas back then it was very few and in terms of decker ironmans there's still very very few people have actually done them anyway yeah i mean it's i mean for another for me anyway when i read that i couldn't fathom as to how that would even happen but i suppose that kind of taps into the fact of like I only ever known football my whole life and then when I started kind of I signed up with Joe I started hearing about all these different things that happened and I think I'd possibly heard about your kind of uh, deck Ironman through the through the grapevine because I'd heard about him doing the great Euro try um, and then first of all I was like well this this stuff's impossible but then loads of different people are doing it and then I suppose that's what led me to even just go and do a half marathon I was like I didn't think I could do a half marathon before but when you hear things like that happening, you're like, well, of course I can't. Um, so yeah, it really expands what you think is possible. Exactly. And like, obviously being like a good athlete from a young age, like it's all relevant, isn't it? It's all relevant to you and your, your work of life. Like what could be, what is, what is for me is, is like something crazy, but I'm, I'm, I'm out there to lead and to inspire as much as I possibly can for the next person. It could be something like a half marathon. It could be a 10 K, it could be a 5 K that can be their, their, their particular goals if it's so different from what they've actually done in the past. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like I said, like uh, I go out these things to try and I do these things to try and show people that it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. And then um, I think one of my next questions was actually like, where are the, what are the motivations from this? But I actually think I already gathered quite a bit of that from you. And there was an interesting quote on one of your posts and it says, for me, I'm driven by two main philosophies, know more about the world than I knew yesterday and lessen the suffering of others. That was Neil deGrasse Tyson, I think, that yeah. quote. And I actually thought that that hit home quite a lot, It's especially as a coach. Like, if you can lead by that philosophy, then you're kind of going to feel fulfilled every single day, every single week. I don't know if you'd, exactly. well, you'd obviously agree. because it was Yeah, yeah, well, 100%. Like, I am a bit of a quote fiend as well. I do do enjoy those, like, uh, people much smarter than me putting beautiful words together. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that one. And if... I think if you can always like find those sort of things, then you're going to be pretty happy and fulfilled in life. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like some of the, some of the other things you've taken on, obviously you've went from football into a deck at Ironman. You've done a lot of cycling, a lot of swimming. Um, has there been one that's been, well, I mean, I suppose that taking the deck at Ironman out of that, has there been any other one that's been like harder than anything you've done before? Uh, the channel, the, the, the 24 mile swim part of the Decker Ironman was the hardest day in terms of exercise I'd done. Uh, purely because you're on your own, you're in your own mind, there's no one else there. Although we had a bit of a support team with me, like who could sort of help out by using sort of a whiteboard and writing things on it so I could see, it's still very much in, in your control and very quiet environment, which is a lot harder. Uh, it, the, the, the things that I've taken on, like most of them are different. The, the endurance ones, I I thrive on more because I just, I'm a bit of a sadist from that point of view, but I did a 24 hour cycle last year. Yeah. Last, last sort of December. Uh, and again, that was pretty, that was quite challenging in times of it purely because I got into my head that I, I didn't tell anybody about it. I just did it off my own back and I decided that I need to see if the mind was still sharp, if the body was still sharp, and if I still had it, basically, like 42, coming up 43 now, 
I, I'd need to test myself every so often just to make sure that the, the, it's still there inside if I, if I need to call upon it. And when I got to the sort of like the 14, 15 hour mark of it, of the 24 hours, uh, I was at the point where this is the longest I'd ever done in one one hit. So the swim had taken me sort of 14, 14 and a bit hours. So once I broke that, it was a case of like, this is getting, okay, I'm into uncharted territory here and nobody knows that I'm doing this. Nobody cares. Like, it's, but it was me and it was sort of like, right. I think that was the, that's the biggest test of like mentally testing. And then with, with the other things I've done, it's just, I fall in love with the process of training. I love, I'm not so in, I like, I know the outcome will take care of pretty much take care of itself on the day if I've done the training right. So for me, actually like competing in most things, it's, it's never an issue. And having played in crowd in front of crowds, et cetera, like actually performing on the day, at trials, whether it was trials when I was a kid or in big matches or when it got into strongman, et cetera, on the day in competitive competition, I don't really sort of like find, I, I get nervous like everybody else does, but I don't actually find it an issue. I, I, I know how yeah. to cope with those things and how to sort of like thrive in those scenarios. Yeah. I suppose that kind of almost answers like my next question as well. Cause the next one was going to be like, how do you then go from triathlon into strongman, which are two very different things but I suppose the the principles that you that you train by are, are very much similar in terms of the the psychological side of things obviously the training principles are much different but um the way that you actually approach it is with the very much the same mindset yeah I think like I said I think anybody when they've got when you have that 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 mentality like anything and you've you've You've, you've you've accessed it previously then you realize that actually anything is capable like and you might not be like i'm not i i remember the one of the reasons why i ended up getting into strongman was because my my boss at the time jokingly like said oh you're just a petite endurance athlete like so that sort of said straight away well okay that's given me sort of like the drive and i've like got that in the back of my head like all the time and it's, a, it's almost like a bit of a chip on your shoulder type of thing that sort of drives you forward from time to time but i was just willing and like i think with my education and the knowledge that I have and also like working with coaches as well who are smarter than me uh I was willing to do the things that others weren't willing to do to get myself to that level and I was willing to do it smarter than other people are like I'll be honest with you like getting into strongman at the time I got into it it was a pretty amateur sport whereas I brought a professional mentality to the training to the recovery to everything to the to the movement prep to the like learning the every single like split second counted as far as I was concerned. And I was going to make the most of that. Whereas at the time, I don't think people were doing that. People were just sort of smashing through things. Whereas I was looking at every angle of how I could get the most out of this because I wasn't the strongest. I never was, it was never the strongest. So I had to find another way of doing this as well as I possibly could. Uh, and I think that sort of like, like stood me in really, really good stead from that point of view. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. Of, um, never even like kind of thought about that um, in terms of like strongman. You, you kind of always think it's just got to be the strongest guy, but there's got to be method behind it. And I'm sure um, in this day and age, it's like a lot more meticulous in terms of the, the programming and the training. No, oh, with, without that, because there's some amazing, like, like really, really good top class strength coaches out there now. And like the, the guys who win now would like, uh, they're on another level altogether. They're probably the best, some of the best athletes out there. From my perspective, I like, I like NFL. Uh, and I see some of those guys and think that they could be the, some of those running backs and et cetera, could be the, probably the best athletes out there in terms of an all round hybrid athlete. They could probably do anything. 
uh, in terms of in the weight room and everything else. But some of the top class strongmen are like they're they're on another level altogether as well. So it's pretty it's pretty impressive what they can do. But like I mentioned at the time when when I sort of competed and like got to the levels that I got to, it wasn't like that at all. And like for someone like me, I had the endurance capabilities already. I was a good athlete technically. I was good. So I took advantage of the things that I could do, got really, really good at those things. And then like tried to get as strong as I possibly could. And when I take it, took it as far as I could, I made sure I hadn't, I made sure it wasn't a fluke by doing it again the following year. And then after that, I was like, right, I I could, I knew when it was like, look, you've got to walk away because there's, there's, you're not going to get any further with this game. So therefore like, let's go to something else. And it, but it, but it was a point, like I said, initially, it was just to show people that this can be done and you can like if you put your mind to it, you follow good programming processes, then anything is possible. Yeah, amazing quality. And I think something I wanted to ask you as well is like, obviously it's, it's quite self-explanatory, but how have your experiences over the years, like taking on all these different modalities with be it physique, football, strongman, uh, triathlon, how's, how has this kind of shaped up your coaching approach over the years? Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's most definitely made you a much more kind of well reputable but at the same time like your experiences have probably been one of your most valuable skills as a coach without doubt def- definitely I don't I don't deny that I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't have done the things I'd done and and as I say to to other coaches I like we it is our job to lead by example as much as we possibly can and I I take that very much personally to lead it by example and the guys who I want to work with and like we we, we talk about this in our professional time in terms of having niches etc like I don't particularly and I know, I know this is something that you're probably going to talk about or you wanted to go into anyway but like I don't really have a niche my niche is like the mentality of the person is like it's more that it's more like are they driven to achieve or do they want to take on something etc and does it like does it align with me does it align with my sort of thinking feelings and sort of like does it like almost turn me on like what do they want to achieve does that like get me get my juice sort of flowing does it test my metal a little bit as well like taking them from whatever position they happen to be in at the time to somewhere completely different and like completely changing them both, not just physically, but mentally at the same time as well. Yeah. I think that's, that's an approach I've kind of been taking lately as well. I think the advice was always like, get your niche, be very focused on it. And for a while, mine's was only like, it's only footballers. Like I don't want to see anyone else. It's only footballers. But as you said, it's like, it's the particular individual that you bring into your coaching program or your personal training space. I think it matters more the person they are and how you relate to them. And if you feel you can coach that individual, because you could have one footballer who could be like the most coachable guy in the world who really wants to change, but you could have another guy who's, he might not fit and it might not work. Um, So I found much more success and fulfillment out of actually like opening the doors to a particular kind of person rather than just footballers. Definitely. And I think like, I think, I think for us as, as coaches is important for us to have conversations with potential clients before we actually sort of sign up and sort of get, get things rolling. And as a younger coach, I would, it would more be about like, I'd be more worried about money. I'd be more worried about just making sure that I could pay bills and rent, et cetera. So therefore you take on any sort of client, but as you sort of mature and as you realize that actually like you, you you end up resenting those sessions that you're taking or end up resenting like writing those programs etc so it's important that you just you're working with the, the people who align with you and like who sort of like 
it's going to be a good fit for for both people, uh, not just not just the coach, but also the client as well. And I think let's be, if we if we're totally honest, we could make consultation forms so they were impossible to ever pass as a coach. So therefore, you were guaranteed to get results every time. If you wanted to guarantee body competition results, I could make it so the consultation form that barely anyone would ever get through it because yeah. you'd only take on sort of one percent that you knew you're going to get an absolutely amazing transformation with. But that's not really me. That's not really my picture. And that's not really my, what I stand for. It's about actually like having this conversation with you, with the potential client and meeting on a level where they're sort of like, they're getting my juices flowing and we're getting excited about potentially like transforming them or like changing something or achieving something. Uh, that, that gets me much more going than just a general sort of like, okay, here we go. This is what I want to do again. Yeah. It definitely keeps the fire in the belly when you, you jump on a call and you've kind of don't know what to expect. Um, like it's, it's a hard thing to do to be able to jump on a call. And especially for myself, like still 25 young classify as a young coach, I suppose. But yeah. um, when someone comes in and it's, it's it doesn't feel right. Um, I used to be so bad at just going, oh, God, I'll do it anyway. But now it's becoming easier to actually like connect with that person we know that it's going to be right. And I know if I'm getting like a little bit, as you said, like a little bit excited about what we could actually do, be that like mum of four or a semi-professional footballer. Um, I just I find such a buzz out of helping both of those people, even though the, the mum of four might not be, might not be anywhere near what my niche would be. Um, but what, what kind of keeps your fire in the belly? What keeps that going other than obviously like working with all these incredible athletes? Is there anything in yeah. particular? Like again, it's, it's it's a new challenge. It's something different. It's something that I haven't done, maybe potentially I haven't done before or haven't done for a while. Like I recently took on uh it wasn't it was it was a friend, uh my my wife's friend's fiance. My wife, sorry, my wife's yeah, my wife's friend's fiance, that's right. Uh he's competed before on stage, but he hadn't competed for five or six years and just said, Look, do you want to coach me going going on stage? And I was like, Well. I have all the skills, like pretty much in terms of nutrition wise, I've done every course under the sun, barring doing sort of a master's or a PhD like that I can have. So I have all the skills there and I just never done it before because it didn't really sit well with me. But because this guy is like a friend, like I, I, I we get on really, really well. And I was like, actually, do you know what? This could be really interesting. Like I'd be interested to see what happens here. I've trained people for photo shoots before and I worked in facilities where guys are world champions and pro bodybuilders etc so I've, I've seen it and i've been around it like it'd be actually nice to have take that experience and use that experience so that was like one recently that was that was really really cool to do because it was something totally different it was something getting me out of my comfort zone and like i said before like like you sort of touched on before with uh doing different goals and how that sort of like built the business or helped build the business i feel like as a coach it's important for us to not only sort of like walk the walk, but we talk the talk as well. We do, we do both. We sort of, we have to do both, but not just from a personal point of view, but actually from a coaching point of view as well. Like it's, it's, it's all good me doing these things, but like, who knows whether I'm some genetic freak or whatever, or just, I'm actually just a sadist, crazy mindset guy who can just basically just do whatever, like just pushes himself to stupid limits. But it's another thing then recreating that with your clients as well. Then going, actually, I've done this right now. I'm going to manage you through this. I'm going to help you through the process. So I think it's great to not only have that aspect of yourself, but then also have your clients being able to become world champions, become like stage figures, do photo shoots. But then also as well, 
like transform that mile four, find her, build her habits, help make like they you can do have a life-changing person like uh life-changing transformation just with her there by just actually saying to her, look, put the oxygen mask on for yourself first before you go go for your kids. Like look after yourself because then you'll be a better mother and a potential better husband uh, wife, etc. So yeah. there's like like you said, there's as much fulfillment in in those sort of clients as there is anything else. But for me it has to be we have to connect. We have to connect and we have to get the uh sort of like that chemistry going before we before we start yeah and that's it it could be like it's almost like her world cup um for like an athlete could be just feeling great and being able to support her kids and going to the gym four times a week for for three months straight like that could be her like our on stage world champion type thing so it's uh, that is it and then and then from there that's that's level one for that particular person like in your head or like in my, my head i might have got I might have got year two, year four, year eight, year 10 down the line for that particular person, what they're going to potentially become. But obviously you don't, you only need, they, at that stage, you only need to give them enough information to say that just to get them to the next thing. It's like when you're queuing squats or when you're queuing different movements, it's like, I'm not going to over queue you. I'm going to let you do the movement. I might give you one or two things and then I'll like, I'm not, you're not going to get injured. Therefore, but as we go, you don't need to know any more until you need to know more. So therefore, I'm just going to drip feed you the, the process of like learning it all. And then when you start actually asking the questions back, I know that then you're interested more. And then I'll start giving you a little bit more as well. So there's 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 there's. I think with with everything, there's there's levels to it all. There's levels to everything. And we're always all trying to level up a little bit more. And uh I think the longer you, the longer you're in the game, or the longer you're in this game, particularly, like the more you realise that you don't know, and that there's always more to be, more is more is more to learn. And it's the same for our clients. Like there's always more for them to learn. They can always be that one percent better uh, every day or every week. And we're here to actually give them that information, but also then not overload them with it initially. Yeah, I think it's just a, a natural human instinct to want to climb the ladder as much as they may not think they've got this this next massive goal as you've said eventually they do start asking the questions and they're like hmm, what's next how can i actually just go do, 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 up the ladder i see that all the time yeah and it might it, sometimes it takes a few weeks sometimes it takes months sometimes it takes years but we 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 know if we see that in see it in them in the end they will they will and they, if they see it if they start to fall in love with the process, then yeah, it's always going to happen. And that's what you want it to become. You want it to become like, a, like, you don't want it to be an effort for people. You want it to be like something that's a, it's a joy and it's something that they're privileged to be able to do to push their body into take it to places that others can't. Yeah, no, 100%. So one particular group of individuals I wanted to touch on just because they are probably most of my listeners, it's, it's footballers and it's, I've got to say particularly semi-professional footballers. Um, I play like in the Scottish juniors where a lot of us are like, we're almost stuck between a rock and a hard place of like, I can't really put the effort in to be full-time, but I still love the game and I take it so seriously. For that level of football, I know it's a slightly different system down in England, but where do you, what are the main issues and the main challenges you find with like, this group of players? when it comes to like developing as a player, like what do they come and ask you? Like when they want to work with you, what are the main things that they need to develop? What do they come and ask me or what do they need to develop? They're two very, very different questions there. Cause what, what the player wants is often what not, not what they need. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So 
What do they actually need? What they actually need most of the time is to the the way they train and like you'll you'll understand this. I'm sure you can relate to this. Is like most young men these days are like on Instagram, on Facebook, watching the videos of like these amazing physiques, bodybuilding style training. And that is what most recreational athletes are training like. And unfortunately for a footballer, like out of season, great. Like address all those weakness, address all those things and uh, get as strong as you possibly can, put on a little bit of muscle, et cetera. And like go, go that way, definitely. Because it's going to be tight. Sometimes like a cross training and it's going to be different for you. In season, you need to be training like an athlete. You need to be like, doing hops, bounds, jumps, doing power work, doing lots of sort of like core stability type stuff, which is going to just help you stay injury free. That's that's your main stuff. That's the main bulk of your training. And realize that actually football is an aerobic sport. So at the end of the day, if your aerobic system is not firing, then you need to build that up. And the other main thing, and the biggest thing of all is body composition like that will be your biggest issue is like you'll see it particularly probably at the standard that you're that you're at and like i see it in the standard that i sort of coach and train as well is that i see talented guys who are not fit enough and are probably carrying about stone stone heavier than they need to be and they're going in the gym training three times a week but they're doing the wrong things and if they just address through nutrition potentially or actually getting themselves aerobically fit they'd be 10 times better player. Yeah, that's uh, they're all the things that I will commonly see. And I think one of the things you touched on there was just the body composition thing. And it's like, you could literally make a, a player who's really struggling to, to move on the pitch, a player that's feeling really fatigued. He's got sore hamstrings, sore groins, sore calves. Like it's, it's almost as simple sometimes as just pulling off a stone in a bit. And this player will see all those things not necessarily disappear, but you'll feel a hell of a lot better on the pitch. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the amount of things that I see, like in turn, from that, from that point of view, uh, is, is huge. Like I see, see potential so often that particularly if these guys just literally dropped a little bit back, dropped a little bit of body composition, like, sorry, just sorted their body composition out. Normally is around like a stone or, or you say, et cetera. And like all of those little niggles will be gone. Yeah. And in terms of them getting around and being selected, they're going to be like straight out there all the time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, a lot of people will probably be listening to this and feel, ah, that's me. But in the gym, like the personally, the gyms that I work in and the gyms that I kind of go around lately, like I see so many of the semi-professional players around my area and they're like, like chucking themselves under like a, like a really heavy back squat, like two, three times a day. And don't get me wrong, it can have its place, but I just see them absolutely smashing themselves or not doing anywhere near enough. And it's just like a pump session for the arms, a pump session for the chest where they could be, they're just like missing out on so much benefit athletically. But I think a lot of them get a little bit mixed up on what they actually want. So they just want to kind of like beat around the bush with their football performance and just get a bit of a bigger chest. I think a lot of them are unsure what they actually want and struggle to merge the two. Yeah. And, that's that's i think that's a natural thing when you're when you're when you're seeing what's on social media and like your mind is being pulled in loads of different ways then you're going to get a little bit sort of confused and sort of conflicted in terms of what it is you want in terms of your training as well and like for me the the best results that i've always had with myself and, and with clients as well is that 
when people just believe in the process, they, they listen to one thing, they stick to a particular program for a set period of time. We have very set parameters in terms of what we're looking to achieve. We set goals at the start. We, 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 we test at the start, we train, we retest and you get the results that you, you still put in because you put, you put the time in this, the program is specific to that particular goal. Uh, but what you tend to find now is that actually, and it's not just now, it's, it's always been the case. Like guys go in the gym and they haven't really got any sort of like, like system. They haven't got really any sort of programming and going there or set sort of patterns to what they're going to do. Find a workout that they've just followed or some exercise they've just seen and just go ahead and just crack on with those. Yeah. So I think the, the moral of the story is hire a coach or get someone to do your program. <laughs> We're yeah. not trying to say anything here, but hey, no, yeah. No, certainly not. Um, so yeah, Dan, what's what's next for you in a coaching sense and i mean what are you currently training for like uh coaching sense is to continue on with my sort of like clients wise also got like an like a really cool sort of uh project in the pipeline that's coming up pretty soon be announced weekend so you have to wait and see for that but uh in terms of my training i have got a high rocks in glasgow so i'm coming up to glasgow to do high rocks I'm not a great uh, runner anymore because I and I actually need a hip replacement, but I'm putting it off. I'm I'm training very very differently. To I can I can train with this with the, with the issues right now, but it doesn't allow me to do certain movements. It doesn't allow me to run long like repetition wise long distances, which obviously is something which is probably caused by running twenty plus marathons and carrying really heavy yokes and farmers walks etc. But uh, Higher rock seems to be able to, I think, I think I'm going to be able to get through it because it's only one kilometer at a time. It's broken up with other things. So I think I'm going to be able to get through that. And then also uh, later on in the year, it's going to be Land's End to John Groats. So I've got a client who's going to be doing that, cycling. So cycling is my big passion uh, alongside just general lifting anyway. Uh, I love cycling because it doesn't cause me any issues. My body feels okay doing it. Uh, and I can push really hard doing it. So got a client who's going to do that so i'm going to jump on with that so those are my two main things sort of like for the first half of the year anyway and then we'll sort of take on see what see what happens as the year goes on sure um i wanted to touch on uh, high rocks there what is it's quite it's booming just now isn't it it's this it seems to be exploding and there's a whole load more people wanting to do this um is it do you reckon it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger kind of like almost like the boom crossfit had or I think so. Yeah, I think it's something similar to it. I really, I really do. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's nice that it's set every time, so it's the same. It's the same standards, uh, so therefore you can go back and continually. It's like it's basically like we just talked about. You you test, you go and do it. You train, you then go and retest again. Obviously, there's there's age there's age groups to it. There's different obviously the different sexes. You can do it as part of a team. So I'm doing it with with a friend. So I'm not, I'm not doing it on my own. We can do it as a pair, which again, we can share the work a little bit from that point of view. And like, it can be, a, it's a social thing as well. So yeah, again, I, I, I can see the, like, I never, I was, I was never really, I never really got into CrossFit. I was probably a little bit too old when it first came out. I, I would have been fully into it if I'd have been in my tw- like early twenties, I would have been all over it at the time. Uh, but this just sort of like, it, it was, it was another sort of thing that I thought, yeah, why not? I'll have a little crack at that. Gives me, it was just, just over the winter, I tend to find this sort of time, uh, I can go into a real max strength phase and sort of get bogged down and end up getting little niggles just from like trying to lift too heavy at my sort of age. Whereas 
actually like this sort of lends itself a little bit better to my training over the winter it's like nice sort of cross training there's a lot of different things going in there i enjoy the conditioning aspect so yeah i could i could definitely see the appeal yeah i think that's that's my next thought as well you ever thought of it 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 was a little itch i was thinking about i just i wasn't entirely sure how i would uh i would make it work alongside a a pretty full-on football season but i think i maybe could I don't see why not. Um, no, exactly. but, I reckon. I reckon you could fit that in. Like, it's an aerobic-based thing. Like, therefore, it would sort of almost help you alongside it. Yeah, that that was my thinking behind it. Um, I think I just needed someone else to tell me. <laughs> Signs up for high rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Straight, straight off, straight off the uh, call, straight into high rocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. Um, but no, mate. Thank you very much for the for the chat. It's it's, it's been incredible. Um, thank you for your time. Oh no, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure, absolutely. Um, where can anyone find you on Instagram? I like to ask that. So yeah, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, they can find me at Coach Dan Reeve. Uh, that's pretty much mostly where I post my stuff. But uh, yeah, if you want to give me a follow, that would be much appreciated. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. If you have enjoyed the episode, please give it a share. I always forget to ask this, and I think it's uh, just a nice little favour to ask. But no, thank you, guys. Thank you, Dan. I'll catch you in a bit. Yeah.